Welcome back to Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the best from the world of CrossFit. Podcasts, news, special interest, health, fitness. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. Hit the notifier so you're the first to know when we have new episodes. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Clydesdale Media Mindset with Phil Mansfield. My name's Scott Switzer. I'm the Clydesdale. He's Phil Mansfield. Phil, how are you doing today? I'm very, very well. A bit later in the evening than normal, so um, late, yeah. late afternoon coffee keeps me going. These time zone differences for us are a bit tricky to schedule, but it's well worth the time. So glad you could jump on and do another set of these. Uh, we're going into episode six. It's going to be feedback versus validation. What, what do we got here? Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting uh, concept and something that's relatively new for us as a coaching company or a coaching team is that we are empowering and empowerment is going to be our next week's podcast, but we are empowering our athletes and our coaches to work more on validation than feedback. And what we mean by that is, is why do you care about my opinion? We more care about, or we have a want to care more about how you're feeling and how you validate the process yourself and how you feel about how you did in the process. Um, and big business is actually moving away from instead of performance reviews and me telling you as my, as your boss, this is what I want you to do better. What we're finding out is actually if we ask you what you think you can do better and understand how you understand the process, we're actually becoming far more productive in a business sense. And applying that in the gym setting has been is is being powerful and is it is it is a huge step forward. So I know in the business world we're moving more to a uh, 360 evaluation is what we call it, where it's more of like a joint um, evaluation where you self-evaluate, you get the evaluation from peers and from your supervisor. How do we make that work in the world of sports? Yeah, well, I, I think typically you have overzealous coaches and lazy athletes, right? That's how uh, that's that's where where feedback is sort of done to death inside inside elite sport, especially is athletes. They want to get in, they want to uh, they want to do their training session, and they want to get home and get on the PlayStation as quickly as they possibly can, right? And and most coaches love to be heard. So you have this sort of natural feedback loop where I talk, you listen, I just nod at coach and coach tells me, yep, yep, yep. And then I'm off and I'm, and I'm playing FIFA. And um, we have that natural sort of inherent rebelliousness. It's almost, it's, 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 the, it's the height of oxymoronic psychology in that everybody wants to be wants to share their experience wants to be part of something but no one's allowed to tell me what to do so if i ask for your help that's fine but if you come and offer unsolicited help i don't want to hear it because no one's telling me what to do and my ego comes in and plays the role in it so it's a really nuanced coaching psychology to say things like your bar pass off, the bar's too far away from you, finish the pool and swap that round with where do you feel the bar is? Where do you think the bar should go? How do you understand the snatch? And actually put an emphasis on the athletes doing something themselves and asking them to look at where the bar is or 
look at their own video feedback and you for, for sort of facilitate that learning experience rather than directly feeding back to them. Yeah, that makes sense because then you as the athlete can start to feel when things are right because you're trying to be more aware of the positioning to be able to give that back to the coach when he asks. That's it. It's, it's an old, a really old sort of, um, what do you say? Quote is that that show me it and I'll I'll get a little bit of it. Um, you know, let let me let me feel it. Let me what? Let me move in it. Let me be a part of it. And we sort of have that whole part, whole coaching. Go in, experience it. Let's look at how it looked, and then go back in and experience it again. And learning via experience rather than that sort of very auditory coaching cue type old old school old school way of coaching is really is really changing the way co where athletes feel and essentially what everything is a feeling right a chest a bar a pull up uh, a handstand push up if i if i boil it down to a motor pattern essentially it's a feeling of where is the wall you know why do why do the best of the best why does federer or these the tiger woods why do these guys make it look so easy in what they do they make it look so easy because they feel it if you speak to any great athlete in the world and you say to them well how do you do what you do none of them can answer it they'll sort of do that uh well i, uh, I just i just sort of do it i feel it it happens for me and and that's the process empowering that process of letting them feel it letting them have that almost self-efficacy around validating their own experiences rather than reliant on a coach telling them what to do. Because at the end of the day, Tiger Woods doesn't have a swing coach out on the, on the fairway with him this is to it. help him in that moment. Right. This is it. And this is it. This is the whole, the whole idea of sport is at some point your team or your athletes or your, the people you're responsible for are going to be on the dance floor having to make decisions themselves. If they have been through that educate, if every training session is practicing their sport and we're really guilty of that in CrossFit, you know, um, team sports and ball sports are much better. You know, like I, I know some NBA strength and conditioning coaches and a lot of their strength and conditioning in NBA is based around playing basketball where CrossFit is very much like, well, we go in, we do our strength work and then we'll do our Ollie work. And at some point, and, and at some point the coach has got to come in and say, Hey, how does that look on the dance floor? How does that look when we're in competition? How does that look in the ward? Everything you're doing in your sets and reps has to have some kind of application to in a ward at some point it's data collection. And the more training smells like gameplay and the more opportunity you are playing your sport, um, the more you're going to learn about being able to activate your sport when you're in it. Yeah, I know like in CrossFit, the coach oftentimes gets lost in the shuffle. Um, you know, you're back in the warm-up area with your athlete. The event comes up. None of the seats are available now for you to get anywhere near the playing field. So you can't even give a signal or a sign to your athlete. And it's really on them to know what the depth has to be on this, what, what the bar should feel like when it goes through the, the torso area, things like that. And so I compared a little bit to parenting too, right? It's our job as parents to work with our kids for 18 years to prepare them to go out on their own 
and be able to do the right thing in the moment because we've we've worked with them to know what that feels like that that that's exactly it and that's what and and for me that is the the essence of coaching or you know with 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 respect to the wonderful coaches that that are out there anybody can coach a snatch anybody can look at a bar path but i think it takes a different it's a different level of cognitive understanding to say to teach them how do i look at a 21159 combat couplet or how do i look at a chipper and go i'm going to break the warbles i'm going unbroken on the ghds this is the pace i'm going to i'm going to feel a bit of a quicker pace on the double unders and then i'm going to go unbroken on the lunges where does that cognition come from where does that understanding of myself in the workout come from that can only come from training it can only come from validation in training and if you've got a coach or you are a coach that's all the time telling no stop do this no you should be doing that you should be doing that and not letting the athletes make mistakes you know we'll do things where we'll purposely overpace or underpace workouts just to see how they feel so i'll say right here's a here's a what would be a 12 minute chipper but I want you to die after eight minutes. I want you to go out and overpace it and go too fast and see what that feels like. Um, or I want you to underpace it and then do it again with, with the correct pacing and just feel that, feel that. sort. Of, and that for me, that's what validation in the sport is rather than, rather than me saying, okay, it's a chipper. I want you to hold this pace and you're not allowed to stray from that pace. And you just listen to me, <laughs> if, if that makes sense. Um <laughs> And, and I think it's really, I think it's really working. It's that is, is helping with that emotional intelligence. So if an athlete comes to you and they've got a chipper on deck and they have wall balls, 50 wall balls going into 50 calorie assault bike, just for giggles. Um, and they say, how do I break this up? Do you answer them? Or do you say, how would you break it up and then have that discussion or, this is ask them how have them do it to see what it feels like and then get their feedback to go into the next phase. So, so all of the above, actually um, it is that whole part, whole coaching. So the first thing is absolutely, like you say, how would you do it? The, the best case scenario for me is that they get it wrong. You know, that's the absolute best case. And I think also you have to dare as a coach to let them get it wrong in competition. So there's one thing Monday morning, that we do 50 war balls, 50 calories for time, and they ride their own strategy. The other thing is, is where do I, how, how much do I bank on this athlete making the next stage and still being able to learn and get it wrong? So if you've got an athlete who's been to the games four years in a row, you're absolutely going to let them make that mistake in the open. You're definitely, you're definitely going to let them do that in the open. But if you've got an athlete who is on the brink of, are they going to make quarterfinals? then perhaps you're not going to let them make that mistake in the open unless it's a three-year plan. And then making that mistake in that open might actually be the best thing. It might actually be the thing they need to do to work on their, their mindset or their pacing or, or whatever. So for me, I'm, I would never sacrifice here and now for the big picture. So I'll always try to see the big picture and, and I'm happy for them to make a mistake at, uh, the sanctionals I felt were brilliant for that. That was really where, where if you were going to sanctionals to win them, you were you 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 missed the point. Although they earned a lot of money, um, you were going if you're going to sanctionals really to to test that process, right? 
to go, okay, let's overpace a workout. Let's underpace a workout. Let's, let's see what happens to that competitor when I put a little bit of pressure on him or her or, and that learning process, I think was, was, was what we, what we have missing now with the sanctionals actually. Yeah, that's a great point because I know like in tennis or golf, oftentimes they have tournaments that are very similar to the major that's coming up the few weeks beforehand so that the athlete can go make the mistake on a similar course, similar surface, and then learn from that going into uh, the grand slam event or the major. Um, Yeah, this is brilliant, Phil. I love this. Um, How do you, let's wrap this up um, for this episode. Uh, What are your final thoughts? I think my final thoughts are you can listen to this podcast and you could think he hasn't told me what to do. Or you could listen to this podcast and say, there's some interesting topics. How do I view myself in this? So how do I look at my own toxic positivity, for example, from the first podcast and say, psychology doesn't tell you what to do. Psychology should stay very neutral. It should inspire you to look at yourself inside your coaching role or your athlete's role. And that's validation, not feedback. Well, thank you so much, Phil. Uh, If you like the content you hear, make sure you hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the notifier, so you're the first to know when new content comes out. If you have any topics that you'd like discussed on this show, reach out to Phil or myself on Instagram or comment below, and we'll get back to you with those topics. With that, we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Media Mindset with Phil Mansfield. Thank you so much for joining Clydesdale Media for today's episode. If you liked what you hear, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, and make sure you hit the notifier so you're the first to know when new episodes are out. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time with Clydesdale Media.